0: Welcome in to 11 Personnel, presented by our good friends at Monticello Bank. With 128 years of service, Monticello Bank is proud to say they go wherever the Wildcats and their fans go. Go to MC Mobile App, it lets you bank at home on the road. Or you can come see them in any one of their 21 branches in 14 different markets. We've been the one over there off uh, in Linden. It's real nice. Real nice. Yes. It's, it's there to service the people because at Monticello Bank, it's where people matter. And that's why they're sponsored of 11 Personnel because 11 Personnel, that's where the people matter too. You can find Monticello Bank on the web at NBCBank.com, where people matter. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Look it. I know that we, we get excited for guests we, and we try get to get in spice the candy shop up. right now. And yeah, this is, this is our favorite show of the year, and I don't think it's even close.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, I, Nick, I've been looking at these since May, so this is three months worth of research and work here. Uh, this I've been doing this is the fourth year, and last couple of years my picks haven't gone too well, but I always point back to this twenty four and six the last three years, year four. Now the catch with this is some of these odds get yeah, cooked up the, here at right, this time right. of year. Mm-hmm. so you got some plus 160 some plus 170s out there so or minus 160 minus 170 so that that stinks but we even have I've even got some plus uh, one plus play for the for the good folks today so uh, nice finding those you got to lay a little juicier sometimes for some of these but uh, this is usually our wheelhouse we usually do pretty well with this so I'm excited to you know dig in and get our hands dirty a little bit
0: I'm just really excited that um for this college football win totals podcast, um, I did the thing too, like it, where I did a lot of research and I took a lot of notes and then I had some cold beers and then I just, you asked me what my picks were and I just started firing. And there's a lot to like about the board, there's a lot on the board. Um, we'll explain our reasoning and rationale, but before we get to all of our picks for college football win total bets across the college landscape this year, first and foremost, we got to talk about the latest from the world of Kentucky football camp. Things are laying a little low right now. Like when I was at practice on Tuesday for the post-practice interviews, everybody was just laying down on the grass while they're finished in Cohen. While, while Cohen was finished up talking, they're just dead right now. There's a lot of uh, uh, people that they're just gassed. I mean, this is the grind of camp. Um, so we're in grind mode. We haven't got a lot from camp. We heard about some minor injuries. Uh, I, I've, I first uh, somebody was at practice told me that Kenneth Horsey went down. and I was like, "Oh no, can't lose him." And uh, then I talked to I talked to a couple people, and one of the people was like, "Man, you know these old guys; they don't want to go through training camp." So uh, I, I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not uh, very worried about the Wildcats right now. They've got their second scrimmage on Saturday, uh, where you know you'd like to see a couple more touchdowns, as Liam Cohen said, but. I don't know if you got anything on Camp like it cuz it's just it's it's a grind right now. We're grinding through it. We're sharing everything we're getting on Kentucky Sports Radio and the Practice Sports Ain't at KS board, but right now it's it's um I don't want to say reach reached a stalemate, but it certainly kind of feels that way. Yeah, you're almost just just get out of here without big injury.
1: Mm-hmm. Just get out of here healthy and start the season. I think starting wise, they kind of know who the starters were. And I thought what they said on Tuesday, Nick, when you were there, practice field, just the pass protection aspect, that's like the number one mm-hmm. thing they're looking for. And to me, that's just they're just telling you, I think, that Cortland Ford's going to be the starter. Uh, because what he brings is more pass protection. It's not just the more power and physicality part of the game. It's kind of where he struggles at, at least from what I've seen. Of him, and you even heard Zach Ender talk about just anchoring and holding the point, and do, hit, doing what he needs to do to play with play strength and yada yada yada. So I, I even think that one, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear Saturday Sunday, Cortland Ford's kind of sees the right tackle job. Um, at least that's where I think it's headed. And then it, oh, on the other side, Maxwell Hairston's kind of going to be the starting cornerback. I mean, I'd be pretty surprised at this point. People keep bringing him up as a guy mm-hmm. that's played well in this camp. so And the only question to me is, it's it J.Q. Hardaway or Jordan Robinson when they want to slide Drew Phillips inside the nickel? Other than that, you know, we want to learn about the specialists, but there's only so yeah. much we can know. We know Alex Rayner is going to be the kicker, which shouldn't be a surprise. We've talked about that since he, they added him. He's going to be the starting place kicker. But how everything else shakes out. Punter, uh, kickoff specialist. Uh, I think it'll be poor, but I'm not sure. And... I think Barry and Brown kickoff return. Thank think Tavion Robinson punt return. But punter and kickoff specialist is to be determined. But I think they have their kicker. Snapper, we'll see. Hopefully we don't get to know the snappers' names this year. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Mark Stoops would prefer it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that, that's just kind of where we're at. But I, I, I think Kentucky knows what they have with their team. And I think I get the sense, at least, that they've taken it somewhat easy this camp just trying to get to the season and trying try not to have an injury. And I think they have an older team, so guys they know what to expect. And that, that helps with that, obviously.
0: Yeah, I, I did appreciate that we got a little bit uh, – I, I thought we would get no Easter eggs whatsoever at all about that right tackle position. And there's been a lot of uh, – I don't know if it's campaigning is the right word, but they've been saying some nice things about Jeremy Flax. And I, I always wondered how much of that was – Let's keep this guy happy because we need we can't just go in you know without any other tackles or how much he actually was pushing them or not. So, um, Flax is always one of those I, I felt like has struggled with confidence. That's always been his top. It's been his biggest issue. That and just staying strong in the the, the pass pro. Um, but to, to, for them to go out and say that like, you know, we feel pretty good about either of them running the ball, but we have to be able to. Like we we can chip sometimes, but we got to just be able to line up and pass it. Like that 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 part was uh, significant. So I I did at least enjoy getting a little bit of enlightening information. Um, but I was talking to uh, someone today who's like, you know, I of all the times I've been talking about Kentucky football or just Kentucky in general, just there's not not a lot going on, right? Like there's some little stuff here and there, but there's not a bunch of big storylines that are really. That have people talking because really all, the biggest storyline is just like Devin Leary's freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, that yes, you're trying.
0: <laughs> we're
1: we're like in the middle. We're kind of in no man's land here. Of do you jump on the hype train or do you try to play it out? And we have we have to see all that. I just think they have a very well rounded team. Yeah, that they feel good about, and they're just trying not to mess that up. Let's just get to the season and play some games. And I think it really helps, Nick. Not, I'm not going to talk bad about Ball State, EKU, Akron. We're going to break those teams down. I'm going to tell you, they have good players. They do this. They do that. Um, EKU's got an awesome quarterback, uh, but that that they have runway to start the year, right? I mean, they got they've got tri- they've got trial and error. I mean, that is just, that is their preseason for. Like a better one. Those games count, but those are games Kentucky should win going away. So they're going to have time to tinker with stuff before the the real stuff starts. And I think that I think this that has part of the reason why we're seeing the camp we're seeing. It's just there's not Florida week two.
0: You right. Know, there's right. not the huge yeah. huge
1: game that you got to be ready for off the jump almost. What well, we've seen a lot in the schedule. I mean, this is a rare schedule where they really kind of have they don't they don't usually have a runway like this. So it may, I think it may be, makes the calculus different on how you're building up. To because I think for Mark Stoops, he's really trying to get them kind of humming. Come Vandy trip, come Florida home game. That's typically when he has them playing the one of the best they play all year is that first Power Five game, the second Power Five game. Well, now it's kind of delayed a little bit, so maybe they're just kind of slowly. Getting into where they need to get to.
0: So uh, we're we're going to jump into uh, some recruiting discussion, but I just want to say the EKU quarterback he's going to be like freaking Jamil Warney. Do you remember Jamil Warney, Adam Luckett?
1: I do not. That does not ring a bell.
0: He was the guy for Stony Brook that ahead of the 2016 NCAA tournament, people were talking oh, about him. Oh yeah, because yeah. he had 43 know, now points. Now you're talking about. Yeah, he had 43 points their conference championship game, and people were talking about him like he was God's gift to mankind. Good ball player, probably not going to be a, a just a, absolutely uh, destroy Kentucky. That that's what happened. Warning: Have a feeling that's going to be the case for EKU's quarterback because he's talented. But is are they going to pick apart UK? Uh, no, it's it's the Cardinals of Eastern Kentucky. This ain't this ain't 2015. Or well, you say
1: that, you you say that, and every time they play, the damn game comes down the fourth quarter. So you say that. They have all the inside intel they need over there in Richmond. Walt Wells.
0: CJ Conrad sharing sides.
1: I mean, CJ Conrad's got the damn playbook. So, like, they're going to be ready for that game. So, like, that's going to be a challenge at, at some point. Now, you say that. We always say this, <laughs> but there's always a game where they they come out and it's a fourth quarter game. So, we say that. We just don't know when it's going to hit. But that's always well, a thing. It is. Lucky. It almost is every year, it seems like.
0: Look, it's got the kernels and the points. <laughs> Plus 34. Well, um, and knowing
1: how it, it won't be EKU, it'll be uh, Akron. Joe Moore hit them. the kitchen sink at them. <laughs>
0: um, let's, before we get into the game, we need to talk about the Smith twins uh, because the the momentum is on Kentucky's side. Yesterday I put in an RPM pick for Kentucky to flip both the four-star twins who are currently at Corbin High School. Look, well, I, I know you've since jumped on the train. We've got Wilt Fong. We've got a ton of people where I remember discussing this on the show, I don't know, we were at SEC Media Days when they, we found out they were transferring to Corbin, but, like, always thought there was going to be a good chance. Well, now the ball is really rolling in the right direction, and um, it's just a matter of getting it done now. Like, everything's been teed up. Um, there's just there's one, one final roadblock, and it's in Julian Tackett's office. Is the KHS commissioner. What's he going to do? Because if he does the right thing and lets these kids play uh, in their home state for their final year of high school football, then, you know, go ahead and prepare to welcome them in the Big Blue Nation. But if he doesn't, that just adds a a difficult wrinkle into things because they'd be put into scramble mode be a whole mess. So um, I I know some of the holdup has to do with the COVID waiver situation. But, like, you know, bureaucracy – like it's red tape, like it, like. Yeah. Do, do we do we do we need to? Do we gotta follow the the dumb red tape rules like all the time? I mean, it's they're they're just made up rules. Like it's not like this is the the Ten Commandments, and you're gonna be thrown in jail if you violate them.
1: Coffee is for closers. They need that that pot of coffee to be finished off there at the SAA offices. Uh, I do. Part of me is like, if they're, is it just all tied up on them getting cleared? Like, are they going to go somewhere else if they don't get cleared? No. Can Kentucky get them if Julian Tackett says tomorrow they can't play? That's my question.
0: Well, I think it's smart to tell Julian Tackett that they are going to go to Kentucky if they get cleared, but they might not if they don't. That's what I am that,
1: that just that's weird. If that's the stipulation, why? You know. How are we right how, you know, we're in the land of NIL and all that stuff too. So it's all a lot of, it's all above board back, backdoor handshakes now, but mm-hmm. still a backdoor handshake. Uh, so I, I'm, that, I'm interested in that. Um, all, I mean, you got, Nick, you were the first one, I think, to really get on that. And then late last night, Brian Doan, 247, Steve Wiltfong, 247. A um, couple guys at our Michigan site, a couple guys at yeah. Michigan's 247 e. site. They all yeah. flipped the switch. But typically when Wilt Fong does this, but she has a long He's track record, and it happens. It's like a day, two days, three days before it happens. Yeah. So as we talked about on KS Board last night, join now. Um, you can join for 10 bucks right now and get you all the way through all through the end of the month. I think this is going to happen soon, but it needs to happen. Like, it's got to be finished. Uh, from what we're hearing, Kentucky feels good about it. They like their spot, but now they got to close, you know, you got to close it down and wrap it up. And so that, that's where we're at right now. Uh, the runners on third, you got to knock them in.
0: Yeah, yeah. And one, as uh, Zach Renfro asked on the chat, he's like, how does it affect their chance for Brian Robinson? That's one that felt like it was teed up for a good long while. And they didn't have that coffee for closing, right? So, like, while well, you've got all this momentum, you need to capture it while you can. And you know what?
1: Uh, I got a, a hunch part- Brian Robinson's recruitment's going to go down to the nitty gritty. Really? So even if he commits somewhere,
0: <laughs> you don't say. I do want to say this. Though. All right, can can, can we get Brian Robinson to commit by like picking which waffles he's going to eat or something like that? Like, I need I need I need breakfast food to be involved.
1: He, uh, his dad cooks the mascot.
0: What's <laughs> uh, like the logo and the pancakes.
1: A couple things. Answers X question one. No, they're two different positions. Uh, Jacob Smith is, a, I think, he's a stand-up Sam linebacker, similar to Jordan Wright. Where I think Brian Robinson is kind of a Josh Pascal type situation, where they're going to start him at Jack, but he may get too big, and they'll slide him inside. To kind of be a 3-4 defensive end, I think he falls in that category. So, two different positions you're talking about here. So, I don't think it has a big impact mm-hmm. in regards to that, in my opinion. Uh, second thing, I know fans are getting frustrated. But a, a lot of people in this group are the same ones that complain about Kentucky not having enough star power in this class. Yeah. And if you yeah. want to play this game...
0: You got to play the you game.
1: To, you got to do this <laughs> dance. Like there's no getting around it. This is what yeah. you have to do. If you want to swim in these waters, you have to play these games, and you got to try to win some of them. And right now, Kentucky's uh, they're tread water right now and seeing if they can get see if they can get on land first. And it's going back and forth. It may last a long time, but I, I, uh, don't don't say you're getting tired of it and still want them to get. Um, Highly ranked players because it's hand in hand.
0: I mean, just look at what Oklahoma fans were dealing with with this Missouri kid who they think they got him. Missouri passes a new law where they could pay their players right. in high school. Like, you know, <laughs> such is life when you're dealing with high profile recruits. So uh, there's a lot on the table right now, but now we need to throw some dough on the table. And if you need more dough in your pocket, we got a way for you to do that. Just download the Game Time app right now. Do it. Search through, find some events in your area. They got plenty coming up. I know the summer concert series is happening now. If you're looking for Kentucky football tickets, Kentucky basketball tickets, uh, whatever it might be, stand-up comedy, you name it, Game Time app is the place to go. And when you use promo code KSR, you're going to get twenty bucks off your first purchase. Twenty dollars off. You're going to save by using the Game Time app. Uh, what's great about the Game Time app? You can see the view of the stage of the field of from the seat before you buy so you know what you're going to expect when you get there you don't have to just figure out what's section 226 i don't don't know what that means um if you want to find a cheap way to get into one of these preseason games maybe you're gonna go watch will levis play for the titans or the cincinnati Bengals. the game time app is the way to do it you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set they're sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email it's easy Easy, lemon Squeezy, the Game Time app, promo code KSR at checkout. You're going to get $24 off. GameTime.co on your desktop. It's the best app for tickets in the entire world. Download it today. Lucky, it's time to make some more money.
1: Yes. The Win Total Show
0: <laughs> has commenced. And Lucky, before we start sharing picks, I'm going to steal a bit from our friend Stanford Stephen the Bear, RIP, to that wonderful podcast that was a part of our uh, weekly ritual. But I loved when they would ask each other, would you rather? So I've got a couple for you. All right. First things first. Nine and a half. That's the number for the college football win total. which I guess I need to explain. If you've never bet college football futures before, win totals, it's regular season. So – If you've got a win total of 9 and you go 9-3, and it's a push. You get your money back. If you win 10 and you bet the over, uh, you get your money. But if they win 8 and you bet the over, you lose. It's fairly simple. That's what makes it fun. It's it's a math game, and that's why we love it. Um, So, in this instance, 9.5 is the number for Washington and Oregon. They both have a pretty similar schedule where they got USC, they play each other. They got Oregon State and uh, Utah down the stretch. It's like four of their last five games. That's they. they it's about the similar schedule. So, who are you leaning into? Bo Nix and Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks, or are you hopping on the Michael Penix, Kalen DeBoer train? For me, I'm rolling with Oregon. I just think they have a better roster.
1: Michael Penix has a long list of injury issues and he was fully healthy last year. Can he do that two years in a row? And Washington, I think is more likely to regress to the mean because of that. Their year came out of nowhere where Oregon has really has more of a track record of having a year like they had last year. So I would take the ducks. I think Oregon's the second best team in the PAC 12. I think it'll be Oregon and USC in the PAC 12 title game for, so for me, I'm taking um, the Quack Attack there. Um, Louisville native Will Stein is actually their offensive coordinator now. Yeah. he's got a, I mean, he's got high bar to reach there, right? But they have talent. I mean, they've got talent all over that roster. Still, I think the, de- the thing with Oregon last year, their defense was pretty bad. It, it's only it has to be improved. They hit the transfer, um, got portal, got Jordan Burch, defensive end from South Carolina, got Kyrie Jackson, a cornerback transfer from Alabama that Kentucky was in on. So I think. I think they added another safety transfer, I believe, from or, or from Ole Miss that's going to start for them. So, Oregon for me, I think they're the team that's if anybody unseats USC, I think it's going to be them, and I fully expect them to make the Pac-12 title game this year.
0: Michael Penix, is, he's the most stereotypical dark horse Heisman candidate preseason that people talk about and then just doesn't do anything, right? I mean – you, you, you fall for the flashy numbers. Devin Larry last Coast. year? Yeah, yeah. Or um, like, like Jake Hayner, you know, like uh, that, that's sort of like – Sam um, Hartman? Yeah, yeah. So I, I can totally see that. I appreciate your insight there. I'm going to throw out the juice for this other win total because I do think like trying to – the books are pretty good on the SEC. Like I feel like a lot of their numbers are solid – But I'm just, I've got some strong takes on one, so I'm going to include a couple in, in my picks. But Tennessee is at nine and a half, and so is LSU. I feel like both teams are very comparable in their divisions, where it's like they aren't really the class of the East or the West, but they both kind of played above their heads. So who's more likely to do the regression? Um, which, by the way, the Tennessee juice is wild on that. It's like plus one hundred and fifty on one side and minus one hundred and seventy on the other. It's 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 crazy yeah. juice on this on that Tennessee one.
1: Yeah, I think you look at Tennessee. They play Alabama and Georgia. They lose both those games. It's two losses. You out. Need two more after that. Um, they they just had like a historic historic season. I mean, the year they had last year is a top. 10, I would assume, season in Tennessee football history. I mean, you beat Florida, you beat Alabama, you beat Clemson. You, win a, you go to 11-2. I would guess them. One, like Joe Milton's a big wild card.
0: Yeah, yeah. huge wild card. Uh, Another day is here, and you're ready for it.
1: What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I, I had a, kind of an issue with people putting him in all those top, the top 100. It's like the popular thing right now. We right. had a couple of them. And they all had Joe Milton like 53. I, I don't know how, as ranking college football players, you can do that. Like, like, just put Josh Hypo on there and say insert quarterback. I mean, that's what yeah. you're doing. I, I I don't understand that. It makes no sense to me. What has he done to make you think he's going to be a? I mean, you're basically saying, well, he made that one throw to the end zone against Clemson, so I, I think he's going to hit this year. Um, so that that so that and then LSU. I mean, they've got Jaden Daniels returning at quarterback. I uh, would say um. I, I like their defense more. In LSU, if you you go to just who they draw, they draw Missouri.
0: Yeah, they the, do. open. They draw up Missouri Florida and Florida State, out of the East. That that opener. Yeah, up I Florida think they're going to win that game. Though.
1: Yeah, is but that, I, I is think that they're neutral? I think they'll win that game. It's in Orlando. Okay. Yeah, it, and uh, <laughs> you look like a, a PRP bookie in 1999.
0: Well, you don't know what I was doing in 1999. See, so you, you're
1: probably asking if you could get odds on a on a one of the Metro Conference football games, and done at the fairgrounds.
0: All I need is a cigarette behind my ear. Um, <laughs> well, what, let's move off the would you rather's and get into the meat and potatoes. With Luckett's right. first pick of the day, you're looking at the Virginia Tech Hokies, the Brent Pry era, year two. What's it going to be, Mr. Adam Luckett? Yeah,
1: I like Virginia Tech. Over five here, minus one twenty on this Nick. For Virginia Tech, I love I love jumping on underachieving first year defensive coaches in their second year. Brent Pry, they were bad last year, went three and eight. Didn't get to play Virginia at the end. But I think he learned a lot. Like he tried to play he tried to do the play calling last year. It didn't work. So he's finally he gave that up. They went out and addressed needs in the portal. They got two really good receivers that are gonna help right away, and then you look at their schedule. First off, you know there's two teams in the ACC, and they avoid them. Clemson and Florida State do not show up on that schedule. You look at their non-con, they get Purdue at home. Purdue's due for, I think, some regression. Ron Walter's a first-year defensive coach. That's when you – I think you should fade defensive head coaches. And then at Rutgers' game, they they should win. At Marshall's a game, they should win. Um, You get Wake Forest, Syracuse. NC State, all are home are those going to be games that they're going to expect to win there in Blacksburg? I just think they're due for a bounce back season, and I could see them getting to potentially being a surprise ACC team. Like you look up and Virginia Tech went eight and four. Oh wow, uh, kind of like Duke happen?
0: a year ago. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. now they have to figure out quarterback Grant Wells. Marshall transfer was not great. They do get Florida State, excuse me, but they avoid Clemson, so you get one of the two. But you, the road games, I mean, look at the road games. Boston College and Virginia are winnable road games. At Rutgers is a winnable road game. At Marshall is a winnable rogue game. So if you, and if you take care of home field and you don't drop a bunch of games at home, they should be able to get to seven and five, I think. And you only need six to get to the window. Five, you get a push. So I, I really like Virginia Tech. I think you're going to see a bounce back year from Pry here in Blacksburg
0: that's a weird schedule though having two big 10 teams and their Rutgers and Purdue um, <laughs> it's a very odd schedule. I do think in general the ACC is a good league to look at where it's just if you check the power rankings the new SP plus the, the final version of the preseason rankings came out and it's just a big pile of poop there in that, that league yeah. like it's it's like there's two teams in the top 25 or maybe even the top 15. With Clemson and Florida State, and then it's just all in the fifties and sixties. I mean, well, you're going to notice
1: my- a trend in my in my picks because we're going to be in that Atlantic Coast a lot. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I think it's a good league you can find value on because the teams in the middle tier are so close together, and if you look at the schedules and how they shake out, um, and you find some good trends, I think they they can play out where the SEC is almost to me at least, and the Big Ten's like this too, where they're it's almost like NFL where it's just it seems like all of them are just yeah. well that's that seems right which is why well, like, ACC uh, has some more volatility so it's you can pick I think you can yeah. have a better chance to pick some value out of it.
0: That's uh, Louisville was very popular early on because of their schedule, but I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot pole. Uh, I mean the that, the
1: total got up. I mean it was eight eight and a half. That's, that's high
0: crazy. man that's for a really team that high. has
1: they play eleven power five opponents. I mean, you yeah. can you can say what you want about Indiana and uh, who is and it, who else do they play? They get, they got early. Well, that's an um, ACC game. Who else do they play? To... The, Indiana, Notre Dame, and someone else. But either way, uh, Indiana, Notre Dame, Kentucky. Yeah. So that's that's eleven plus the eight conference games. Yeah, that's just a lot. But Virginia Tech, I think that's going to be a sneaky team to watch this year. I wouldn't be surprised if you look up and they're like seven and two or something in November.
0: Well, um, Drew Franklin wants to smoke a cigarette. And, you know, down in the western part of the state, there's a popular product there for a while, was the Marlboro Cigarette. And uh, I'm, I'm going to hit a heater. I'm going to rip a heater here. Western Kentucky, the win total is set at 8.5 for the tops. And let's freaking hammer that over. I, I, the Conference USA, it might as well be Conference WKU. It is getting a little bit of a wrinkle this year. They're adding uh, Liberty into the fold. I know Hugh Freeze ain't walking through that door, but Liberty has been a solid program as an independent. But I, you exercise. Uh, when, you're, when you're doing this, you just you count your wins, you count your losses, you count your toss-ups. So, all right, at Ohio State, they ain't winning that game. But your, your toughest games, your non-conference at Troy, count that if if you count that as a loss you count ohio state as a loss and i mean even like usf or liberty let's say they even lose to liberty you could still lose those three games and get home with your over bet um uh, middle tennessee is a rivalry yes i know um houston baptist there's probably there i I i don't know if hcu is still houston baptist or not there's probably some bad blood there but like I mean, they should beat USF at home. Like Those are all very winnable games. You've got your quarterback back. Uh, you've got Malachi Corley back. Look like it. I, I don't I don't see why they shouldn't be scoring 40 points a game and winning nine games. That that feels like the four for this team.
1: Yeah, the tricky part with this, I would say, is the non-con. Ohio State's a loss. Yeah. And then USF-Troy. Say you split those, you beat the FCS team. That's two and two. Then you're having to thread that seven and one eight no needle in conference mm-hmm. play to to get to the window, and they're one of the, they're arguably the best team there, so that shouldn't be too hard of an issue. But you know how the stuff goes sometimes in college football. It's a weird league. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to. They're playing on Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights in October this oh, year. USA is we've got action, C McQu- <laughs> action, CUSA action. Uh, but you you got some coaches CUSA though, action. I think. In that league, Nick Rich Rodriguez is the head coach of Jacksonville State. That was a good FCS program. They're going to come in there and I think compete right away. Jamie Chadwell moved over to Liberty, as you, as we kind of mentioned. Liberty's joining the league. They're going to be tough out. Middle Tennessee's, you're year, usually yearly a bowl team on their Rick Stock still. So uh, there there is some I think causes for concern for them. But if if they still had that coordinator last year, I would be a lot higher on this. That's
0: yes, true. Sure. They do have to replace you – know, the third,
1: uh, third coordinator Texas in three Tech? years, Washington State. Oh, okay. The guy before him went to Texas Tech. Okay. Um, ben Arbuckle, Washington State, Zach Kitley, Texas Tech. So, three coordinators three years, but they got the best quarterback and probably the best receiver in that league, Austin Reed, Malachi Corley. Two guys yeah. Louisville wanted. wanted. Thought you were going to Might have them, tampered too. with. Um, <laughs> and so – so there, there's some of that, but I, there, that's going to be a fun team. And last year, it's really been two years in a row. They've gotten to November and in the bowl season, and they've just been rolling on offense. Yeah. yeah. I, people cannot stop them. Uh, they beat the crap out of a good a South Alabama team that I'm really high on this year. It's got 18 returning starters, and they just absolutely destroyed them uh, in the New Orleans bowl. And so I think if, yeah. if they continue that from last year, they're going to be hard as heck to stop. But the September is going to determine it to me. Uh, right. Because if they go two and two and two, it's going to be tough. If they go one and three, it's probably over. Uh, yeah. But if they go three and one, it's probably going to be a cakewalk for you. So really, you're going to know in September.
0: Love those bets when you you know early on that you'll, you'll see it as a trend with me. Also, uh, since Troy is on the schedule, wanted to give a shout out to John Summerall's squad. But. They won a lot of close games last year that they shouldn't have. I know they're, I know they're bringing a bunch of people back, but um, I, I expect uh, Western to get a little bit of revenge this year. Look at who you got up next.
1: Yeah, staying in the Atlantic Coast Conference, NC State here, over six and a half at minus one forty-five. NC State, a little bit of a disappointment last year, but injuries were a big deal for them. They lose Devin Leary. Lose offensive coordinator Tim Beck to Coastal Carolina, but they bring in Robert and I, who was in, at Virginia in 2021 with Brennan Armstrong, then went up to Syracuse in 2022, had really kind of developed Garrett Schrader in a big way, and now he's reuniting with, with Brennan Armstrong here, Nick, in 2023. Uh, they get defensive coordinator Tony Gibson back. He, his defenses have been really awesome ever since he's arrived in Raleigh. I just think this is really good value here with NC State. This is one of the most dependable, I think, programs in the ACC at this moment. And you're basically all you need them to do is go seven and five. VMI, Marshall, UConn, and the noncon. That's three wins. Let's count Notre Dame as a loss. Can you get to four conference wins? Like, I think they can. Uh, Virginia, we're going to get to them. I think that should be a win for them. At Duke is a game they should be able to win. Get Miami at home's a little tough at Wake Forest at Virginia Tech a little tough North Carolina a little tough but I think I, I I believe in this coaching staff and I believe in Armstrong and Anai I really like that that tandem together they're they're I wouldn't say NC State's great at receiver but they do have some weapons on the outside um, again I think the defense is going to be good I just really I you get Louisville at home that's a game you should win on a, or a game they're going to expect to win in Raleigh on a Friday night early in the year I mean I could see a scenario where they're Five and one, six and one going into that bye, Nick. I think that is on the table potentially for them. And I, you're betting on, I think, a proven commodity there at NC State. And it's, you yeah. only need seven and five.
0: Dude, I, when I saw Brendan Armstrong, I just totally forgot that Brendan Armstrong and Robert and I are doing the reunion tour in Raleigh. And I'm hooked. That's all I needed to know. That's all I needed yeah. to know. I, w- I wasn't sure which direction they were going and it's you know there's a lot of off-season transactions now in the transfer portal when I was reminded of that it's like okay say no more or say less that's what the kids are saying now right say less yeah give me the wolf pack
1: and D- Dave Doran's had two seasons at NC state where he's won less than seven games he's been there as long as Mark Stoops so this is year yeah. eleven mm-hmm. he had like a year zero situation they went three and nine And then Devin Leary's redshirt freshman year, they had a bunch of injuries, and the bottom just fell out, and I believe they went four and eight. Every other year they've hit that seven-win mark, and they've had years where they've climbed as high as nine and three. Like this is a seven and five, nine and three operation with Dave Doran. there, running the show. I like both coordinators. I think he's got good coordinators. I like the quarterback. We've seen the quarterback succeed in this league with the play caller. In the schedule, there's a bunch of winnable games on there. I mean, outside of Clemson and maybe – I mean, you get an order game at home, I wouldn't even say that's unwinnable. Maybe Clemson. Uh, all of those games are winnable, and I trust his coaching staff to find a way to get to 7-5, 8-4. and, five, eight and four. I think we'll look up, and that's where they'll be at the end.
0: Oh, man. Um, wonder wonder how folks feel about Kentucky. Devin Leary, former NC State quarterback. Maybe we'll talk on that later. That number, you can find that. You can shop around for that number, which is something I do need to mention. Yeah, if
1: you were going to play that, you could have got six and a half back in May. Now it's gone up to seven. Now there's Mm -hmm. less value. I think the six and a half over was really the time to jump on Kentucky.
0: But shop around. See what your best number is, your best juice, because it varies from place to place. I don't care what the juice is. I'm betting against South Carolina. Is it an emotional (laughs) bet? You're damn right it is. But – Part of it is, it it, it it for me, a lot of it does come back to looking at Spencer Rattler. I know Marcus Satterfield isn't exactly an offensive guru, but is Dow Loggins either? Is the Adam Gase disciple? Is that going to be Spencer Rattler's saving grace, the guy whom, who was the Jay Cutler whisperer? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not being sold on that. And South Carolina, it, this is another one of those bets, too, where You'll probably know early on in the season yeah. how this is going to go. That game against North Carolina week one. like th- This win total bet is basically a South Carolina versus North Carolina bet. Because if they lose that one, I mean, just look at that gauntlet. South Carolina, FCS at Georgia, Mississippi State at Tennessee. Like, <laughs> I mean, good luck with that. And here's the the part that's really going to kill them. I know we fixate a lot on Rattler because he's such a polarizing character. But they they he's going to have to do everything. They're running backs, a former wide receiver slash quarterback. They don't have a running game. They've been terrible at running the football. Their offensive line is injured, beaten up. There's no depth there. I know everybody's drooling over Nick Harbour because he's big and he's fast, but, I mean, look it. Uh, I'm, sorry. You're going to have to do in a wrong l- position. Exactly. He's, he's in the a, wrong position. They're <laughs> putting him in the receiver to make him happy. Which he's is why they got edge. him. Yeah, that's why they got but, it. But, like, that's not going to work. A 245-pound receiver, you, you, you think that's going to work? Like, sorry. Like, it's, it's not. And then, to add to this Clark Brooks, who's been on this show before, he has a fun stat. Forget what it is, but South Carolina's defense has just stunk out loud. Beamer ball success has rate. really – Yeah, go they've ahead. They've been, and, like,
1: remember. last or second to last in success rate. Run defense was really bad for them. Year one, they produced a lot of turnovers. I mean, if you remember, I mean, the Kentucky game. Yeah. Just go back and watch that. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of was their saving grace for most of the year. Why is it year, year special teams? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, for South Carolina, it's really just what do you think their schedule is at the bye week to me? Um, I will say you look at that schedule, like, be careful in November, those first two games at home. Like, you know, those should be wins, but like, Rich Rod is coaching Jacksonville State. They're going to be ready to go in that game, and then Vanderbilt is going to not is going to be plucky, and mm, like plucky. Missouri, even before that, Missouri they they don't ever beat Missouri. Like Drakowitz is undefeated against South Carolina, and then they they have to go to Texas A and M. They got A and M last year, but that was the first time they've beaten them. I, I think in a while,
0: right? Same thing with and Clemson.
1: Clemson's going to want and, and it's a revenge spot for Clemson <laughs> and, Kentucky <laughs> and Kentucky at the end yeah. of the year, yeah, and so. South Carolina is just very interesting because where where are they on defense? Where are they? Are they getting any better under Clayton White? And then offensively, what is Dal Loggins and what big, what Rattler do swing. we see?
0: Yeah,
1: what Rattler do we see?
0: Because is either like Heisman Trophy Rattler or he's nothing. Yeah, you didn't even get to best. just
1: the offensive, the major, major, major offensive line questions and yeah. a huge running back conundrum. They have a quarterback playing running back. It's Luke bad. Doty is playing slot receiver with the twos in practice right now. Like they have some, they have some like red flag personnel issues uh, on the offensive side of the football, and where things I think could, if they break one or two, three ways the wrong way, things could get real bad over there. And then defense, what does that leave you with if your defense stinks? So that's that's the that's the concern with them but they you got to give Beaver credit cuz they pulled wins out of their you know what and they play awesome in november so if they keep doing that then maybe they can close strong again but it definitely feels like if if you were going to see a team fall the bottom fall out in the east it feels like they might be the one you would pick even before florida for me because of just
0: all of the, the, the fragile
1: spots they have on the roster
0: one coach who pulled some wins out of you know what last year um, he used to cry whenever he saw the l's go down and now Um, are the paws going up? Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati, first year in the Big Twelve, new coach who likes to cry. Adam Luckett, is he gonna be crying because he's winning fewer than five or fewer than six games this fall?
1: Yeah. Here's my thing with Satterfield and this team. Now, this is the plus odds I was talking about. Over five and a half, you can get for plus one forty. That that's Vegas begging you to play the over, but I think it's the right play here. A uh, few things here, Ooh. they have legit, they have legit players in the front seven: Dante Corleone, Jawan Briggs, Deshaun Pace. Now they all made Bruce Feldman's freaks list, and we had a good kick out of it in the office. Uh, but they they can play, and he, Brian Brown showed us last year what he can do with players in the front seven that could play. Finally, had some draft picks, and they. They unleashed the blitz packages, and they just got after people. I think you could see something similar happen at Cincinnati this year. I think the defense is going to lead the way. I like Emory Jones' fit in this offense. Emory Jones can do a lot of the things things that Cunningham can do.
0: I mean, they are very similar
1: players. (laughs) They they are going to do a lot of the same stuff, and I like that fit. They had Xavier Henderson from Florida. I think will be a good receiver for them. In conference play, they get five home games. In the Big 12, you play nine conference games. They get five of them at home. They avoid Texas, who I think is the class of that conference. You know, at Pitt's a tough game week two, but it's an ACC team. Like, uh, Satterfield's going to know them well. They're going to be well prepared, I think, for that game. At BYU's a road game they can win. I think at Houston and at West Virginia late in the year, who knows what those two teams look like. They can win that. In a bunch of these home games, Iowa State, Baylor, UCF, Kansas, like those are all games I think Cincinnati could win, and you should take care of EKU and Miami. You only got to get to six and six, and I like the the makeup of this roster because I think it's very similar to what Louisville had last year, and that team very well near one, nine games. You know, if they don't lay two clunkers early defensively against Syracuse and Boston College, who knows what that year could have looked like for them. I think the same recipe Satterfield staff used to win is going to be what they use this year. And I definitely think this is a team that could get to six and six, seven and five and surprise some people in the big 12.
0: The, uh, d- did not ever think we were going to get to a point in our podcasting where what riding with Satterfield, <laughs> but um, you know, crazy. You
1: know, we, we talk bad about like, we talk crap on him and all that, but, Outside of the COVID year, every year, except the one-year app where they transitioned from FCS to Sunbelt, they've been bowling. They've been a bowl team. you know. Even at Louisville, we can talk all the smack we want. But they've been a bowl team, and they figure it out during the season where they go against ACC, and they're able to play against the top teams. Their 6-7 team damn near almost beat Clemson at home. Probably should have won that game uh, in 2021. They avoid Texas. You, know, you can count Oklahoma as a loss, but every other game on that schedule, they can win. Point blank. I mean, there's a lot of games they can win, and you just need more than half of them to go your way. And you're getting to the window
0: at 6-6. Six and six. I, I never thought you'd be a sensible salad kind of guy. Just like I never thought that I would be on a the, the Kentucky Sports Radio YouTube airwaves here to talk to you about UConn football. But here I am, and... <laughs> Mr. Luckett, the underdog is howling. Oh! Uh The win total is set at five, and I, I'm here to admit too. I don't know a lot about Jim Mora's program right now, other than Jim Mora has is building a program that was good enough to go bowling last year. Uh, they did their part, and the thing that I like about five-two Luckett is, at worst, I'm pushing. Like I, I feel pretty confident that I can get to a push with this schedule. Um, they do have to face your North Carolina State Wolfpack. But but after that, I think Georgia State was finished to pick 5th or 6th in the Sun Belt. That's what's hard about this. They don't have conference play. So are they scheduling a lot the of better Power five teams games, man? Yeah, but are they scheduling the better teams in Power Five or is it kind of like middle tier? And so FIU bottom of the conference USA barrel. Georgia State, mid-tier Sun Belt. Uh Duke Mike Elko did well last year, but it's still Duke, Utah State, G5, Rice. Like, I I feel like I can get to five. I feel like I can get to five where I'm only really completely tossing out two games, and that's Tennessee and NC State. They might be overmatched against JMU, but I can count up uh, Sacred Heart, UMass, um, Boston College, and USF are both doable, Uh, but Rice, Utah State. I can I I feel comfortable getting to five and at bare minimum getting to a push with these Yukon football huskies in year two. It's only year two for Jim Moore. Maybe maybe he might be cooking with Grease, something special up there in old uh Husky land.
1: Yeah, the thing I like about the schedule is you have two built in wins potentially at the end of the schedule. So you really need to get to four and six. That's what you're really looking for. Yeah, I think. And Steven, if we could pull that schedule up right quick so I can just see that right quick. Um, so you get to four and six. You know, NC State's going to be a loss. That's one loss. Yeah. Duke is probably going to be a loss. That's two loss. Um, let's just count Boston College and Tennessee. That's four. Yep. So really, you've got to kind of – you've got to – FIU and Utah State and Rice, you really have to get two of those three, bare minimum. And then Which you get really Sacred good, Heart, man. UMass. That's four. And then can you get USF and James Madison? You might have to beat Utah State and Rice both. But I, I say that they beat Boston College last year. UConn did, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. And so yeah. that's
1: not going to be a terrible, difficult game.
0: R- border but, rivalry.
1: But, yeah, I mean, look at Nick Rouse leading the, 12, leading the charge to get UConn back in the Pac- Big 12.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Which I, which I want to happen just – because to hear the basketball, Benny's. Call yes. Way oh, oh, I want
0: it. I want it so bad. Because here's the thing: Big East basketball is fun, but it's not like yeah. real, and it's not the old Big East, So like, it makes me mad that they still call it Big East because Big East basketball is like old school Georgetown, not Patrick Ewing Georgetown, right? Like it's it's the nine. Even I'll even throw in when Louisville was in there. Like Big East basketball is real. This Big East now is nothing. Uh, yes, they've had. Like UConn just won a freaking national championship, we get it. But going to the Big Twelve, that would be that would be a fun basketball conference. Mixing them up with Arizona, a lot of fun. So let's bring you have another big year with Jim Moore. Bring him into the Big Twelve, and and let's get this thing done. And look, it, I I know you're going to talk about Iowa's win total, but I just more importantly, <laughs> are, are we going to get the Brian Ferentz uh, points per game total?
1: I will. Uh... So we have to. What is it? Twenty five per per game. So race yeah, like. Think, let's look yeah. that up. We have. I, I mean, think we he have, has to get. Christ. Yeah,
0: sakes. I I think he has to get to twenty five. Like twenty four points per game was like the the low bar. Uh, twenty five so... per
1: game. <laughs> I think That's there's not... websites that Iowa fans have started, like the point tracker. Here we go. We got a Twitter site here. Brian Ferentz points tracker: the official countdown to see if Brian Ferrets can score enough points to keep his job as offensive coordinator of <laughs> Iowa football.
0: So twenty-five. It's the the race to three hundred one. Nick, the race to three hundred one. Will the Hawkeyes get it? Yeah. The big. I feel like that division is so volatile this year. Um, that. It's doable because Iowa is just the team that stays steady, right? Like, they, they are, they've they been the steady eddies for a while. Because I feel like the Burt's and Illinois are probably going to regress a little bit. Purdue's probably going to regress a little bit. Um, but if, if Ferentz can't score any points, like, that, you're stuck right back in the mud, you know? <laughs> they've got the same problems. Yeah,
1: I just want to – I think the offense is just going to be better. Like, this is the main reason I'm playing it, just because I think they're going to be better with the pieces they're adding. I think Kate McNamara is a good Big Ten quarterback, even though he just got hurt, but all reports are that he's going to be fine. Eric All's a good tight end. They added a couple receivers. The offensive line should be better. I like Caleb Johnson at tailback. Um, he ran for almost 1,000 yards as a freshman last year. I think he's the guy who's going to really benefit from the pass game, getting rolling a little bit. And you look at the schedule, Nick, like where are the for-sure losses? To me, it's at Penn State and it's at Wisconsin. Where Where else are they losing? I think Iowa State doesn't have a quarterback. Iowa State's going to try to beat Iowa without a quarterback. Good luck. Yeah. So that's 3-0 and in the non-con. And then at Penn State's going to be tough, but Michigan State, Purdue at home where Game State should win. Minnesota is a team that feels like they always beat. Uh, and then Northwestern. In Wrigley Field, that's yeah. a win. Rutgers at home, that's yeah. a win. Illinois, that sh- should be a win. Then at Nebraska, I mean, Nebraska got them last year, but before Then they had their number. This kind of gotten potential ten and two written all over it, and I feel safe predicting nine and three here with this Iowa team. And, and you don't have a
0: half is, either. You can get a push if they do fall back and slip up and go yeah, down and eight it's, and four.
1: It's I got it's minus one forty five, so you got to lay a little bit here. But I just think nine and three is really really. Achievable. It feels almost more possible to me than eight and four, just because I think they're gonna. They've got a nice schedule there. They avoid Ohio State. They avoid Michigan. At least you got to go to Penn State. That's tough, uh, but you got a nice non-conference schedule, and I, I like how it ends there, man. They got a nice run there after the bye week. Like they could run all four, five, six wins in a row.
0: Man, this is this is. I think we're ditching Purdue to become a part-time Iowa podcast. <laughs> Um, that's that's kind of the way this thing's been turning the last few years. Might just have to see him in the Outback Bowl. Wouldn't that be something if they did that for a third year in a row? Just, wouldn't that a, be something? Oh. I think.
1: The, I don't think the Orange Bowl is in the rotation. What if Kentucky goes ten and two? Iowa goes eleven and two? And we're dancing in Miami. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man, I'm just going to drink in the press box that game. Like... No, we need
1: <laughs> – Outback Bowl, who's your dream opponent if Kentucky goes there?
0: Big 10 team. Um, I would think it would be a lot of fun to watch uh, a shootout. 9-3
1: Ryan Day, answer the the Jim Harbaugh questions all week at the bowl game.
0: It would either be that that, that – is, that is the dream, but I also think it would be really fun – if you had this shootout with Luke Fickle, Jeff Lebby versus, uh, Liam Cohen, Longo, Devin yeah. Leary. Yeah. Yeah. Phil Longo that'd is their be, OC. Right. That'd be, that would be fun. Wisconsin would yeah. be fun. Right. Cause, cause that's just like kind
1: of recruiting animosity there. Yeah.
0: You're, you're,
1: you're all Re, like that's revenge a, for 2015. Finally for the, the fan base, Kentucky. That, that's that, a, that a that 70 point jungle. total
0: that I'm betting the over on like, or hell, I might yeah. even be in the eighties. Like just hammer it. Um, yeah. So that would be fun too. Um, also, wouldn't mind Michigan State, but they, they aren't going to be any good. Like I, I would love to beat up Michigan State yeah. for that recruiting animosity as well. Um, yeah,
1: I agree. But, I just don't know who the who the school would be. I mean, the, yeah, the perfect scenario would be Ohio State just kind of falls apart on tanking, them. whoever their and, new and they quarterback have to go to the is. Bowl.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Speaking of, of new guys. Uh, I'm fading the just the newest, worst first year head coach hire, I think, in all of Power 5 football. Kind of like how I love the Sam or the Robert and I, Brendan Armstrong duo. I hate the Trent Delfer fit at UAB with the burning passion of the fire of a thousand suns. Bill Clark built a staple there on hard nosed football. Then they went and got uh, freaking. Uh, I mean, this dude's. Trent Delfer's basically a preacher. That's the way he talks and he coaches. I just. I, I know he won a Super Bowl uh, as a starting quarterback, but th- they hired a high school coach without any experience to take a team into a new conference. And look well, like it, it took me three different Google searches to figure out which conference they are in now. I, I was <laughs> like, well, they were they were Conference USA and that was competitive. So I guess they went Belt, right? No, they're in the American. And the American isn't exactly a barn burner, but like, did you see what Tulane did last year to USC in that bowl game? And, uh, as Steven gets ready to pull up that schedule for us, I know that they, they catch Tulane on that schedule. Um, they go to Georgia in the non-conference. Um, in, I mean, that, that just first month alone, they could, they could be throwing in and the, the, they could be throwing in the towel and waving the white flag, um, yeah, I By wouldn't
1: time, be surprised to see
0: him lose week one. Right. <laughs> and then you got UTSA on the road in the Alamo Dough. Snowball cha- snowballs chasing yeah. hell, they're winning that. Memphis is going to just put a pounding on them because they recruit against the same competition now. I mean, that that's the, the new, what is it, the, the Bag of Bones game? Uh, The meat, it's a rack of ribs is the trophy uh, I'm
1: not for sure. that
0: game. I'm look that up. They they're bringing that back. It's called like the it's 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 one it's probably the best. It it's it might replace Paul Bunyan's axe as the best trophy in college football. But I just see this as like a 3-4 win team tops. They're going to get shellacked, So give me UAB under 5 wins.
1: Yeah, it's kind of I mean, this was one of the best teams in the CSA over the last 5 years. But yeah, like you mentioned, Trent Dilfer, his defensive coordinator was a high school his high school defense coordinator last year at Lipscomb Academy in Nashville. His offensive coordinator's Chris Mortensen's son, who was just kind of a random staffer at Alabama, and then they've got a, a, they made a few more hires like that of quality control people, young guys uh, right. to become coach. So it's like, what are they doing with this coaching staff? There's no old man like? to hold
0: down the fort.
1: Yeah, what I just I yeah I would in new conference tougher conference. I think a lot of signs are pointing to that that's probably going to be a rough. First season, so I agree with yeah, it. Another, man. now I do want to get to another first year head coach, former okay. media member. Let's do it Colorado, three and a half. You can get over three and a half for plus 115. And remember, they
0: play in the Pac 12, like they're and not going to the...
1: get super out talented.
0: Yeah, but games. the Pac 12 does have some good quarterback play. Um, they open with Nebraska or no sorry TCU and then Nebraska Nebraska, so like, Nebraska at home having the 11 power five games uh, I guess I'm going like, to you
1: only got to get to four wins you only need four wins and Colorado State is a game they should win Stanford at home is a game they should win
0: so really, how do they do against the Arizona schools? Is what it comes down to. Can they sweep okay. them? Because I'm looking around, like, so the Arizona schools in Nebraska, you got to win two out of three to get get there. And oh, I guess yeah. Washington State. So two out of four, yeah, you can get there. Okay,
1: my Arizona, Washington State are games I think they can win. Oregon State at home I, is a game I think they can win. We see UCLA UCLA drop clunkers. Like I think this team could get to like five and seven. You know. And I think public there's a public consensus that Dion's going to come in and they're going to be awesome. Then I think a lot of college people, football people, are like, "Oh, hold on." Uh, But you only need to get like I definitely think they can get to four and eight. And when I release my ten picks Thursday, August seventeenth on KSR Plus, join and you can get all ten of my my bets to five here, and I'll have five more. Colorado's going to be on there. I just think they're going to be able to get there. I think they got a good quarterback. Um, It's going to be somewhat good level of good, and they've got some weapons. They got Travis freaking Hunter. He's yeah. probably gonna win them a game at some point. I just think they're gonna yeah. figure it out, and there's gonna be ugly, ugly moments. But I think they'll be able to upset at least somebody. You beat Colorado State, you beat Stanford. You're almost there. You know. I think they're gonna be able to get there. But that's just my bucket.
0: Thought. Let's let's get your final pick of the day in from the Atlantic Coast Conference. Bucket. Yeah,
1: what happened last year with Virginia is just awful, terrible tragedy. You know, you really feel for them and what they're going through. And I think Tony Elliott did a great job handling all of that. And it was a rough year on top of all that. But you look at this roster and you just – I just don't see it, man. And you look at the schedule, it I just – it's hard for me to see them making make a run here. Um, you're going to open up the year – and you're gonna get absolutely blitzed by Tennessee, there in Nashville. And then ugly. you are bringing it you're breaking in an FCS quarterback, which was one of the more random quarterback transfer additions, at least in my opinion. And he really had no competition; it was kind of his job. Full go, and I just don't, I just don't see this going well this year for them. Uh, offensively, they were an absolute train wreck last year, Nick. Uh, Brendan Armstrong was one of the most prolific quarterbacks in the country in 2021, and he was awful in this scheme
0: last year. He's got rich kangaroo. I
1: mean, right absolutely there. awful. I mean, even worse than that. I mean, it was bad, bad. That I don't. I, James Madison should be favored in that that week two game. They probably will be. It's an, it's an, an in state, state game. Yeah. Like they, I think they're going to be in in trouble there.
0: I just learned too that William and Mary's mascot is the Tribe. Would not have expected mm-hmm. that from a college named after the King and Queen of England, um, but hey, you know there are surprises everywhere. Um, I, I I can see this disaster unfolding, um, and it being and one they get the sort of transfer portal.
1: Things. They lost their best cornerback, Fentral Cypress, one of the better corners in the country, goes to Florida State. Nick Jackson was an awesome linebacker. He's going to be starting for Iowa. Like they lost stars
0: off off yeah. the defense. And to add to that, how many former Dabo guys have you seen had some legit success elsewhere? I mean, Venables yeah, is I the mean, only one where the jury's out, right?
1: USF just made a change, and it it was awful under Jeff yeah. Scott. Chad, Chad, Chad Morris, Morris in a... Arkansas was awful. Yeah. And I think this one is trending the same way. I I kind of yeah. like their defense coordinator, John Brzezinski, they got from Air Force. He did a really good job like kind of rebuilding the defense, but – um, he's running out of oh, yeah. uh, b- ballplayers on that side. I just think – and recruiting's not going great. I I, I think it's going to be a rough year in Charlottesville. And it's gonna, not going to be the year they're going to want to have when conference realignment discussions come up.
0: Yeah, yeah, you ain't kidding. Which are coming. Um, one team I did like their offseason changes, and I, I've been pretty vocal about it, and it's 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 one of those things that, like, Living where we live like it, I, I've, I've seen this story time and time again, and people are doubting it. But I'm betting on Texas A&M's recruiting success in recent years, and I'm betting on Bobby Petrino to do what Bobby Petrino does best, and that's score a ton of points, win a bunch of football games, and then burn a bunch of bridges. But the good thing is, is I'm not betting on Bobby Petrino three or four years from now. I'm betting on him this year. So... Uh, Mario Cristobal I I that that guy it doesn't feel like the U can be the U in the blink of an eye they can win their first 5 games uh, yeah. and get off like that, that that's that should be par for the course that's how that A&M and Arkansas rivalry has been even though Je- KJ Jefferson uh, has got the quarterback advantage. Like, I expect Bobby Petrino to have that thing humming by the time that game comes around. And I know that's a tough stretch there with Alabama and then a trip to Tennessee. But then you're off, and you get Mississippi State at home. you got to go to LSU, but you got South Carolina at home. I think Ole Miss is overrated. Um, who's going to be their quarterback? I, I, I thought they just got away with a murder last year. So, it's a tough number, but once again – at worst I, I feel I feel like at worst I'm gonna get to that eight and four push um I don't have a ton of wiggle room to hit that over but I, I think at worst I'm gonna get to that push
1: yeah hot start is everything here yeah but you look at that schedule Nick 10 and two eleven and one <laughs>
0: and I could see them winning a shootout at Tennessee too like would that that one's well I, that defense you know like I, I look at that schedule and I'm like well, if they handle Arkansas
1: and beat Bama at home, they're going to be undefeated going to Knoxville. Yeah. They're going to be the, the talk of college football. And how crazy is this? If they had a 10-2, tight 11-1 type season where they're pushing for a playoff bid and an SEC West title, which they have the roster to do, mm-hmm. Bobby Petrino is going to be a coach somewhere very soon. <laughs>
0: oh, that would be great.
1: Like oh, I don't man. think people really realize that that's – on the table, it's on now. the table, yeah. It it's certainly is. So, no, please l- let an ACC school hire him. <laughs> can we make that happen? Can we get no. A&M 10 and 2, 11 and 1, and can we get Bobby Petrino at what ACC school is going to open?
0: Um, Virginia, Virgi- oh, I- <laughs> Virginia, Boston College. Ooh, Boston College could be Syracuse. I- yeah, oh, get Bobby and, Petrino in the dome.
1: Him and Rick just hanging out in New York, the great state of New York.
0: Oh, man. Uh, I, we're, we're running a little long. i got to get going here soon. But I, I'm on A&M over that win total of eight. Well, like it, you mentioned it earlier with the seven. Seven's a hard number for Kentucky, but I, I do think it's most likely an eight and four team. So I feel pretty comfortable with that, knowing that I have a push in play. Um, you, you mentioned, too, it's plus juice over three and a half SEC wins for Kentucky right now. That's fun. Yeah. That's the one
1: I think, if you're looking for value, is the one you would like. You just need to get the four. And that's something they've done pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, 2019 and 2020, the those were the years that they, well, 2020, I don't even count, but 2019 and then last year um, were the years they didn't get to it and weird stuff happened with, you know, Will Levis being hurt. And then in 2019, quarterback – I mean, quarterback injury is what prevented them from getting there. So if you can get through the season, if you Larry starts every game, they're going to get there, I feel like. So I think when getting plus odds, I think that's, that, that is a good play. Yeah. If you're looking for an exotic to play with Kentucky, I think the over
0: three-and-a-half conference wins at plus odds is something you should consider. Uh, quickly on uh, conference champions, I'm going to sprinkle NC State plus 2,000 I know that it, you know, we don't have the coastal circle of death or whatever they call it uh, anymore, but it's Clemson and Florida State and then a bunch of people. I feel like NC State has as good a chance as any of them to to be contending for that ACC title game uh, at long odds. The one that i got to ask you about, Luckett, Texas won in the Big 12 on the last year there in the conference. Seems too good to be true. If you got to pick somebody outside of Texas <laughs> – to win the Big Twelve, because that league it's been pretty crazy in recent years. Uh, who who you got? That's a good looking board there. Yeah, can't, can't um, Texas
1: Nick can three three to one to make the playoff, which I really like a lot. Because I think they can lose the Bama, but I think they can run the table the rest of the way. I um, mean, if it hits for them, they're going to be the class of that conference. But I would Oklahoma would be my pick. You get them at plus three fifty. I think that all signs point they're due for a bounce back here. And again, defense first time defensive head coach who who struggled last year, get bounce back season. I think you get Oklahoma plus three fifty would be the team I would pick. I just wouldn't feel comfortable Kansas State doing it again. I right, think Texas right. Tech the hype is getting a little too out of control. I don't think TCU is going to do it again. Um UCF is a team I think is surprise some people, but I don't think they're gonna be good enough to win the league. So I think Texas or Oklahoma, that one of them is in the league this year. Um one I like is I know Florida State's got a lot of buzz right now, but in the ACC I still think that's Clemson's league. Clemson plus one forty five. It's small they're the small leader, but I that's their league to me. I think uh they're going to do it. Um, I like I like SMU in the American at plus three thirty. I don't think Tulane's going to repeat. I think it'll be SMU or UTSA will win that league. Um, SMU is a team I like a little bit more. And then in the Sun Belt, I, I like South Alabama at plus two ninety.
0: Yeah, I do as well. We mentioned Oregon off the jump, but they're three to plus three ten, three to one to win the Pac twelve.
1: Yeah, that I like, like that too. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that feels like. Um, some pretty pretty solid odds there when they've been the class at the conference for quite some time, even though they seemingly choked away some big games down the stretch at the end of the season. Uh, one other team that I'm rooting for Luckett, that I don't know if I'm going to make a, a wager on or not is Jerry Kill in New Mexico State. Uh, I believe their number's four. and a, No, I think it's five and a half to get back to a bowl game. I didn't dive enough into that. But I saw that they have they have like the fourth best odds to win C USA. So like twenty know.
1: to one to win the CSA. So you know I mean, what, yeah. what it's gonna to take to win the CSA? Six and two, and then you gotta win the conference championship game. So really it's just Crazier. about getting the
0: conference championship game. Crazier things have happened. Jerry Kilg, I mean he got a tattoo after they went bowling last year. It was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. But we've loved this stuff. We hope you love this stuff and we hope you go fill the fam this weekend. Look it. Did you know Racing Louisville? They're trying to sell out Lynn Family Stadium for the first time they've ever. And it's happening this weekend. Saturday, August 19th. They're facing Angel City. It's time to pack Lynn Family Stadium. The match kicks off at 8 p.m. Just show up early. They got two dollar beers before kickoff. It's one of your last weekends before college football stadium season. If you haven't been to Lynn Family Stadium, it's a beautiful facility right there in Butchertown. Go check it out. It's lovely. It's wonderful. And it's a great time. So enjoy the final weeks of summer. Fill the fam. And We've got discounted tickets online. Uh, if you're watching right now or if you're listening, the KSR post, it's got a link to discounted tickets you can get in for 10 15 bucks. 15 So fill the fam this weekend. And listen, we always appreciate you all listening and watching. Um, this is a lot of fun for us because we get to just kind of nerd out. We have this conversation
1: uh, every week. I mean, yeah. we literally have these conversations driving to Lexington, so. Yeah. Then we just get so to we're do like it, this, uh, we're just, on YouTube
0: now. We're, we're getting paid to do it. Hey, look, I got yeah. some homework for you. The Mac is like the NFC East of winners. Like, no yeah. team ever wins it back Anybody to Anybody can win so, it, yeah. Well, let's, let's, find, let's find a team to get behind this year. I don't know if they got the roster for it. Eastern Michigan hasn't won the Mac since the 60s. Yeah, it, Chris Craig that is. Consistent. The fight Nemo's, baby. Plus 850. I, I,
1: We'll have to look at rosters. What, is, what does Jim McElwain have at plus 18 to 1? Oh, that might be a, a team to look at closer. But yeah, we we'll, might we'll, we'll have to dig into some MAC.
0: We're going to have to dig into some MACs, and we'll get next week on 11 personnel. Until next time, go Cats and go Kroger.